are listening to Just Keep Waiting, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you through faith-based stories, scripture, and prayer. Here are your hosts, Janet, Kita, and Wayne. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Just Keep Waiting. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your day to hang with us. On today's show, we want to talk about a good plan versus God's plan. When we first started trying to put this podcast together, we had a brainstorming session. Within a few short hours, we had come up with four seasons worth of episodes, and we thought we had a very good plan. When we first started recording, things just weren't clicking. We weren't flowing the way we thought we should. We all felt it. Something was off. We all decided to take a step back and seek God to see what he had to say about it. He gave me a personal conviction. I was trying to make everyone feel included like they all were a part of the podcast. But in doing that, I became disobedient to what God wanted me to do. You see, a year ago, he put the idea of starting this podcast in my heart. He gave me very specific instructions on what this podcast was supposed to be, how it was going to look. And he spent a year giving me various topic ideas. But I had pushed all of those aside God told me, go back to the beginning. And that's what I had to do. No matter what, I had to be obedient because ultimately this is his podcast and we are just lending our voices to it. Kita and Wayne, has there ever been a time in your life when God convicted you and said you've missed the mark and you are no longer in alignment with my plan for your life? For me, there's been several times in my life, if I'm going to be honest, that I was doing things my own way and it may have been at some level successful, but it was definitely harder because I wasn't doing it God's way. But specifically right now, what comes to mind is kind of what Janet was talking about when we were recording our first episode. I remember I was talking about Matthews 18 and I had this feeling, pick up your Bible as you're talking about it so that you can reference back to what I'm saying. But I was disobedient. I thought I got this. I've studied it. I've read it. I talked about it just last night with Janet. I got this. I went to talk about it as we were recording. And as soon as I got done, I couldn't even focus on what Janet and Wayne was saying because I felt like I missed something. So then I picked up the Bible and then I began to read and I realized that I had reversed some of the scripture. I wanted to interrupt Janet and Wayne at that time, but it seemed like they were flowing so well. And so I didn't. But I felt this heaviness on me and the responsibility of there are going to be other people that listen. And so you may correct it with Janet and Wayne, but once it's out there and recorded, it can't be corrected. I do not take what we're doing on this podcast lightly. I understand and I may not understand the fullness of the responsibility, but I understand there is responsibility. I was heavily convicted in that moment. I remember the recording just shut off. (laughs) We were in the middle of recording and it just shut off. God said, if you won't correct yourself, I'm going (laughs) to correct you. (laughs) Exactly. I remember like one of our phone conversations when it was the three of us talking. I jokingly said to Wayne, humble him, God. And Wayne stopped me. and He said, no. He said, I'd rather humble myself than God humble me. And so had I realized, hey, Keita, you could just start over. Be obedient to what God is telling you right now. Go back and reread and say to your fellow co-hosts, hey, I messed that up. I need to reread. Even though they were in flow, if God put them in flow with one another, they could have continued to flow after I corrected myself. But I was disobedient. So God shut it down. 
So for me, for instance, the, the situation in my life that God convicted me on is, is that I often pray to God, say, hey, God, if you turn this around for me, I'm going to do this, this, that, and the third for you. And God said, hey, I got you. Let me turn it around for you. And so what happens is, is I start this process. God, I'm going to walk with you, God. I'm going to do this and this for, with you. And God delivers on his promise. And I step back. I get comfortable because God didn't gave me what I wanted. And I can get God what he wanted. And so everything that he gave me, he doesn't take it from, but he makes it turn around to make me think, hey, Wayne, listen, I gave this to you for a reason because you said you could do this and this for me, but you're not holding your part of the deal. So you got to be very careful when you make these promises to God because God can take everything from you quickly. And like he said earlier, I'd rather humble myself versus allowing God to humble me because I know God humbling me can take me through a lot more than I want to go through. You know, it's a process I'm trying to overcome every single day is understanding that God wants to do a thing in my life, but I have to be willing to humble myself and listen to what God has to say. That all takes me back to a sermon that I was listening to earlier this week. And it was from Michael, Pastor Michael Todd. And he was talking about how when he was 23 years old, he got an offer from a record company to produce for them for a year. And they were offering him a hundred thousand dollars. And he was a smart man because he actually sought God before just saying, yes, I'll do it. He said, God told him no. And he was like, no, what do you mean? No, all I have in my cabinet is Roma noodles. I'm surviving on McChickens and McDoubles. This money could change my life. But God told him no. So it wasn't just a no. It was, it was an emphatic no without an explanation. Right. At the end of the day, God knows the ultimate plan for your life. And he knows the things that you have to go through to get to where he wants you to be. And Michael Todd said he kept asking, he kept asking, he kept asking. And he said, finally, God told him, you can do it and you will be successful, but I will take my hand off of everything you do. And I don't know about y'all, but I would rather have God's hand on my life than try to do my life in my own accord. Amen. Wow. I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly because I know there's a time in my life when I was like, you know, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and, and go to church and do everything you want me to do. So I, I was Definitely at the church, like going three days a week. You know, we got the Wednesday, we got the Friday, we got the Sunday. And I was going to everything because I wanted to build a relationship with God. And I was like, well, I'm going to invite you to certain portions of my life. I want you to fix my mind, but I don't want you to my relationship. And that's something that we tend to do a lot. We try to limit God what he can do for us in our lives in general. God, I'm going to give you certain things about me that I want you to fix, but not other things. You realize that when you're doing that, you're limiting not only what God can do for you, it's what God can also do through you because those portions of your life may be something that can be beneficial to somebody else, but we just so one-sided and one-dimensional that we choose not to listen and choose not to invite God to everything that we're doing. That's the thing too. Like you really can't have a walk with Christ without fully devoting to Christ. God doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you, every single thing. I think the hardest part of that is you have to realize that when you say yes and you let him in, your life is no longer your life. Your flesh, the old you wants to hold on and go, okay, I know that it's not my life, but what about what I like to do? What about, I still like to club. I still want to hold on to this. I still want to hold on to that. No, no, no. It's his life. You have to surrender it all to him. So you just said something because it's a time frame where you you can still follow God. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you for a second. I know people who follow God and still try to go clubbing. God is truly in your life. When you try to go through this clubbing situation, he's going to convict you so hard that makes it difficult for you to go clubbing. Make it difficult for you to do anything that's not of him. 
And I want to specify because I don't want anybody to feel attacked because I said clubbing. It was one of the first things that came to mind. But there are things that God will put on my life that I can no longer do that the person next to me, God may have gave them permission to continue doing. We all have a ministry and people that we're supposed to minister and witness to. And so my walk with him is not and should not look exactly like someone else's. That's why we always say that your walk with Christ is a relationship and it's personal. What God has said is a sin for me may not always be a sin for someone else because of the garment that he's putting on me to carry and the weight that I have to carry and the people whose eyes are going to be on me. When I said club for me, clubbing is out of the question. Also because getting into that life sends me away from God. It's not that I don't listen to certain music, but putting myself in that environment takes me away from him because it invites other things in into my life. Kita's life. Those things only come with spending more time with him and allowing him to make the change and allowing him to direct you in the way that you should go. Exactly. It goes back to what we said in the last episode. When you decide to start walking with God, he will change the things in you that he wants to change. You just have to be obedient to those convictions. For example, like all of last year, there was a year of convictions for me. And it was like God was pruning me. He was trying to get me ready for whatever it is that he has for me. There were times that he would gut check me. Here's the funny thing too. How he checks you could be different every single time. Sometimes it could be such a strong feeling that interrupts your sleep. Sometimes you'll have your pastor do a whole four week sermon on whatever it is he's <laughs> trying to get you to change. Sometimes it'll be a friend coming to you and in love telling you something like God uses everything and everybody to prune you to get you to where he wants you to be. It's just a matter of, am I going to turn my ear to hear his voice? Am I going to keep a humbled heart so that I can feel those convictions? Am I going to continue to seek his word? There have been many of times where I've prayed and asked God for clarification or direction on something. And then I'll go to my Bible app and the scripture of the day will be exactly what I needed to hear. A perfect example comes back to when we started trying to record the first podcast. We were like, oh, let's just wing it and go off the cuff. I prayed and I asked God about it. And then the next day, the scripture I heard was submit your plans to God and he will make it successful. It was like God was saying, you need to plan this out. You need to structure this. It's so funny because I have this deck of motivational cards and a lot of them have Bible verses on them. And I was like, guys, I'm just going to close my eyes and pick a card and see what God has to say to us today. I picked out the same scripture. Submit your plans to God and he will make them successful. Yes. I was like, okay, God, what you trying to tell me <laughs> was the scripture of the day. I randomly pull a card and this is the scripture. And then I saw it a third time. I was like, well, God, what is it? He will talk to you through his word. He will talk to you through the pastors. He will talk to you through your friends. He will talk to you and convict you in so many ways. We just have to make sure that we are humbled and open to hearing and receiving what he has to say. Now you just said something very important that less sinners right there and it's open. You know, a lot of us are not open to God as we think we are. 
we open certain chapters of our lives to God and, and want God to fix every situation, but he can only do what you allow him to do in your life. If you don't fully, fully open up to him, you're basically limited what God can do for you. He wants to bless you beyond your understanding, but you must be willing to allow that section to open up. Like me, for instance, you know, I grew up in a very, very small town, Hughes, Arkansas. Most of y'all probably don't know what place is at, but it's population like probably 1,100 people. Growing up as a kid, my life was not a great life. It was filled with so much turmoil constantly, and my mom struggled to make ends meet every single day. My mom had two separate nervous breaks now, but yet she was still happy. She was still trying to do everything she could to make sure we was, we was fine, but I, I didn't feel like I was happy. I felt like, you know, I was struggling to find my identity. I was struggling to understand where I fit in this relationship with my mom and my brother and my sister. She still did what she could do to make sure I had what I needed to have. And so how does that relate to good plan versus God's plan? My plan in life was to go off and and join the military and and, uh, do a lot of other things. But God's like, nah, listen, bro, you may want to do that. You may want to go to the military. You may want to do that with your life. But listen, I need you to stay still. I didn't understand why I went through what I went through. But most people couldn't go through what I went through and survive it. And so I think that God allowed me to go through that process so he can shape me and make me a stronger person. So I could be here today and tell my story. When you talk about only wanting to give God certain parts of yourself and not fully giving all of him, I'm going to take it back a little bit. So last year, my sister had a seizure. They found out that she had a tumor on her brain. I dropped everything and I went home for two and a half months to kind of help her. When I returned home to Atlanta, I had this heavy feeling like that was going to be the last time I saw my sister. And I got angry. I was mad at God, not even realizing it. I had stopped seeking God. I had stopped praying. The only time I talked to him was when I was fussing at him. And I kept saying, God, why are you going to take her? If you take my sister, you're going to break me. I'm not going to be the same. Like I can't be in a world without her. I was telling God what my life was going to be like if he took my sister. I remember I was laying on the couch and all of a sudden it just hit me that I hadn't logged into service in over three weeks. The next day was Sunday. And so I made it a point that I was going to get up early and I was going to log in and make sure I was going to watch service. Our worship team was singing a song called Never Lost. And the song said, you can do all things but fail because you've never lost a battle and you never will. When I got to that part of the song, the floodgates just opened and I was uncontrollably crying. And I heard God say, all year you have been praying for me to use you. All year you have been saying that you trust me, but you won't even trust me with your sister. He told me, you are putting your sister above me and I need you to fix this. You are making your sister your God. So I have a question to ask you. In that situation, did you feel like that you was putting your problem above God or did you feel like you were doing everything right? When I was in it, I didn't even realize it. Sometimes we sin and we don't realize we're sinning. And so in that moment, when God was like, you are putting her above me, that is one of the Ten Commandments. I was idolizing my sister. Mm -hmm. When he said, you say you want to trust me, but you don't trust me with this situation. It was in that moment where I had to pray one of the hardest prayers I've ever prayed. I said, God, first of all, I'm sorry. And I repented for idolizing my sister. 
I said, I know that I have been selfishly praying. And see, that's the thing too. I wasn't praying for my sister to be healed for God's kingdom or for my sister's sake. I was praying for him to heal my sister because I didn't want to go through the pain of losing her. And so once I repented and said, I have been selfish and I have put her above you, I said, God, let your will be done. That is the hardest thing to pray because I don't know what his will is, but I have to trust that his will, that his plan is better than my plan. I will say I felt growth in that moment. I have learned how to trust. And if we fast forward to December and to where I am now, I've lost my sister. She died December 26th, but I'm standing here and I can say, that I'm not the broken person I thought I was going to be. I don't feel like I'm in this world alone because I feel like God has his arms around me Mm. and he is guiding me through this entire process. In my head, this was the worst plan, but in reality, it's nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it's only because I yielded my way to God's way. And I said, God, I trust that whatever you do, it's going to be okay. You are going to get me through it and it's not going to break me like I thought it would. That takes me to James 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. It's powerful that once you were able to admit, as Brother Wayne would say, what you had done wrong. It took your relationship with God to get you to admit what you had done wrong and then actually go through that process of crying out, not pretending that it was okay, but crying out to God for everything that you were feeling and the weight of what you had done. And then you humbled yourself and you said, I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me. He lifted you up to a point where now you can say where I thought I would be broken. I'm grieving and I am in grief right now, but I am not broken because I know who my God is. So to make sure I have this correct, I want to make sure I summarize as the best I can. The biggest thing you have to do is realize that you're no longer in control. And that's something that as a man who lost so much, who wants to control his own destiny, I struggle with today. I want to lean towards God for, you know, help, but I don't want to let go of certain control aspects of certain things. Like I want to control certain portion of my destiny, but I realize I can't control it. The more I try to control it, the more things go awry. The more things are happening around my life that shouldn't happen because I realize that my control is my plan for myself. But God's control is his plan for me. And that's something that I have to understand and realize that I have to relinquish control in order for God's plan to fully unfold in my life. Exactly. Like you just, you can't walk with Christ. It's like, I'm going to get in the car with Kita and Kita's driving, but I'm trying to control the steering wheel. <laughs> We're going to have an accident. How did it work? <laughs> it's like, I, I'm going to let you drive, but I'm controlling the steering wheel. Or I'm going to let you drive, but I'm controlling the brakes and the gas pedal. Like, it doesn't work. It's out of balance. Which goes back to where it says in the Bible, his ways are not our way. Mm-hmm. How do we know that what we're desiring is ultimately not what God's will is for our life? Mm. But the way that we're going is not going to get us there. The way we go with God will get Amen. us there. 
And even the timing, like that's the thing. We may be able to get there on our own, but it will take us 10, 15, 20, our entire lives to get there. But if we go God's way, it's direct access. It makes the way easier. We're fighting and resisting God when he was saying, I'm trying to get you to where you want to be, but you keep going left. You keep getting distracted. Wait a minute. So are you saying that God is our GPS to our lives? Man. That's (laughs) ooh. He is he is. He gives us turn by turn. <laughs> we we try to go left and God say go right. Woo! If I use his analogy for it, if God is my GPS, now I just wanted to go from not having a baby to having a baby. That's where I want to go. But <laughs> using 2020 and what Wayne has said about God being my GPS, along my way to getting to my destination where I'm wanting to go, God has created detours and pit stops that has strengthened this walk with him and where I was wanting to birth a child he birthed a relationship amen God is good, y'all. All the time. <laughs> God is good. All the time. Man, I don't know about you guys, but that was powerful. The beauty of walking with God is that you can be transparent about where you are with him, where he's brought you from, and the insight that he may have given you of where he's taking you. We are here to be always open and honest and raw as we can be, and as God will allow us to be with you guys. We are not perfect. We do not always get it right. We miss the mark a lot. We try our best to always remain obedient to what God is telling us and what his word says. So I just want to close this out in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the messages that was shared. We thank you for your word. Lord, as we continue to grow in you, we trust all of our plans to you. We lay them down so that you can perfect them, so that you can move out what's not meant to be there. Teach us how to walk in obedience to you. Lord, you are the GPS to our life. We want to respect and honor the detours you sent us on. We want to steal ourselves in your pit stops. As you take us to places where we can rest, we want to soak up everything that we've learned along the way. Lord, continue to walk with us and guide us. We thank you for the destination before it even gets here, because we know that if we're following your plan and allowing you to guide and lead, that the destination will be worthy and it'll be full of purpose. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, we don't want this conversation to end here. Head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash JKW podcast. And let's keep this conversation going. As always, subscribe to the show so you can catch every new episode. And also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Be blessed.